You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hello. Welcome to today's episode of the podcast. I am stoked to have you here as always. Thank you very much for coming and hanging out and listening to these nerdy conversations. You know I appreciate you. I hope you had a good Christmas and a happy holiday season and all that jazz. Things are doing pretty well over in the Wyland house, so really thankful to be able to say that. And I'm thankful to have you here. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for all the support. This is uh, an insane thing that I get to do, and it's because you're here. That's literally the reason, and that is never lost on me. I hope you know that. And since this is the last podcast of the year, I just wanted to make sure I put a real fine point on that. Thank you. Thank you for being there for me. Thank you for listening to this. Thank you for any amount of time you spent on any of the content I've produced. Seriously, it's uh, it's not lost on me that there are literally billions of things you could be doing with that time, and you are choosing to spend that here, and that means a lot. And this is, like I said, the last podcast of the year, so I uh, can't be thankful enough that you're here right now, hanging out with me, and you're about to listen to this episode with Nick, and we had a great time recording it for you. I think you're really going to enjoy it, and yeah. I mean, what else is there to say? Thank you for the year. Thank you for everything that you've done for me. I appreciate it. And 2022 is shaping up to be absolutely bananas in the best way, at least as far as all the tone mobbery is concerned. So really cool things to look forward to in 2022. Stay tuned. You know, join the text chat. That's a good place to stay up to date with all that stuff, as well as just general me being a dork. And you can hit me up there anytime. So that is in the show notes. Let's stop the plugging. Let's get into this episode. Thank you again. I appreciate you. Let's do this thing. Here we go. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Tone Mob Podcast, the show about guitar stuff occasionally, sometimes. I'm your host, Blake Wyland. And with me today, I have Nick Diener from Oneater Effects. Oh, wait. No, that's not right, is it? Hey, I'll take it. <laughs> that that was the original name. Uh, I, I, I have a studio uh, that I run out of my house where I record mm-hmm. bands, and I just needed a name. And I was watching That Thing You Do, one of my favorite movies, and I was like, mm-hmm. I'm going to call this place Oneater Studios. Yeah. But every time I was mentioned in any kind of recording or video, people would actually say wonder. Nine right, times out of ten. Because I've and, seen the movie. Yeah. yeah so then mm-hmm. Oneater became this kind of special secret way to say it. So mm-hmm. I was like, whatever, I'll just call it Wonder. Yeah. And that's where the effects pedals names came from too. So I was like, all right, we're going to call it Wonder Effects because I got Wonder Studios. Mm-hmm. But now it seems to be almost going the other direction where more people want to say Oneater. And uh, I'm contemplating uh, making that the official way. It's kind I think of you fun... should. I think you should just keep saying it both ways. Just, yeah, keep them guessing. Yeah, just keep it, keep people on their toes. <laughs> yes. I, I actually assumed that it was probably Wonder, and I thought I would be really like, you know, like cool and like low key and, and like do this inside joke that nobody knows about, but everybody knows that joke. Oh, well, I like, love it. Like, that's, that's kind of the point, you know? I, I like people saying that, but my, there's been a couple people that pronounce it neither way. 
and they're just completely what? wrong, like not even phonetically. On Nedder? Yeah, they've done that. My mom called it Oniter Studios for a long time. And I was like, what does Oniter mean? And it's, <laughs> it's not even close. Like, why would. Yeah, so I just kind of. I just kind of roll with whatever. It's like with my last name. It's Diener. Mm-hmm. Most people back when, you know, telemarketers would call all the time, it would be Diner, Diner. And I just kind of at one point was like, yeah, whatever you want. That's, mm-hmm. That works for me. I get the, I get Wayland a lot. Blake Wayland. Oh, I'm like, they, I'm think like, they just missed an A in your name or something. Something like, I think people are probably so used to hearing Wayland that they're just like, it, that must be, it must be a typo or something. <laughs> right. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's Waylon a lot. And then uh, the other thing I get, it's sort of along the lines of people making dumb jokes like I did, uh, is a lot of people are like, Balake! I'm oh, like, of I've heard, I've heard that a lot now. Yes. Like, it's it was <laughs> it was funny when I watched the skit, and now I, yeah, I've heard it. Uh, yeah. Even, even my good buddy, Robert Keeley, first time he came on the show. Balake! I'm like, thanks, Rob. Oh, yeah. Everybody named Aaron is A-A-Ron. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it, for a while, I was like, what's his name? Nick Swardson. He had the whole bit of, he would go like, Nicholas. And <laughs> I, about 10 years ago, I think. And yeah, I got nothing but that, that whole year. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> like, It's good. Whatever. It's uh, yeah, like I'm any- at the age now where I'm just like, dude, just call me whatever as long as you call me, honey. That's, That's right. <laughs> just please, yeah. just please give me some attention. Please. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's like, I feel kind of bad though. I can't like rip on anybody too much about it. Cause like, I'm totally guilty of it too. You know? Uh, oh, every yeah. per- every Scott that I ever met that went by Scotty, you know, in the mid two thousands was uh, <laughs> you don't know, do you? Scotty doesn't know. <laughs> yeah, they, they've got a whole song about it. Yep. And he's. <laughs> I remember this one guy I, I was in school with was just like, yeah, yep, yeah, <sighs> uh huh. And I'm yeah. like, oh, this isn't really that funny anymore, is it? That's not clever. Oh, okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> so. Yeah, we all get it. We all get get it. But uh, yeah, I was really excited to have you on. I particularly enjoy. You are a you are a whether you know it or not. You are a good follow on the social medias. You are oh, you have well, a very you. you have a very entertaining Instagram that I quite enjoy. And you're <laughs> thank making you cool. Very much. You're making cool stuff. And I know that you have like a pretty pretty rich story that includes uh, wrestling school and bands and all this other stuff that I. Don't know anything about, but I'm highly interested in that have led you up to making effects pedal. So I want to know the whole deal. Give me the give me the next story. Well, I guess, uh, you know, started playing guitar. I think I was 10 years old. So that would have been 97. And I have a brother that's a year younger than me. And he needed to have a way to feel included. So my dad was like, well, let's buy you a drum set. And basically the band was formed. You know, we were nine and 10 years old. And. (laughs) Literally, he was afraid of our basement. That's how young he was. But I was like, come on, man, we got to go play. Uh, I don't even know what we were trying to play. But we, we, we kind of had those revelations where I learned a power chord. And then he kind of learned how to not use a splash as his main symbol. And like every year, you know, we just got <laughs> a little bit better, a little bit better. And we started a band called The Swellers when we were 14 and 15. Mm-hmm. And... That that's basically the only band I've been in. I, I had a couple, you know, little things, but uh, 2002 to 2015, my brother and I had that band, and we toured the world. Um, it's kind of funny. A lot of people will they'll kind of find out that I was in that band 
uh, through effects pedal world. And some people are like, yeah, yeah, I was a fan. That's really cool. And most people though, it seems their reaction is, I'm pretty sure I saw you play with X band in like the two of four slot in name a city. Yeah. And, and because we did so many package tours and we were kind of like the littlest, busiest band. Like we probably played close to 2000 shows and we'd be on tour for nine months out of the year. Um, for almost a decade, we were gone so much that we were never home for more than two months at a time in a row. Wow. And I mean, if I could go back and change that, I would. But that was kind of just how we were back then. While we mm -hmm. were on one tour, book the next tour. And then, you know, other bands started bringing us out. And then we got signed to a label. We did the booking agent thing. And so, yeah, we hung up our boots in 2015. I've been recording bands kind of since the early, well, really since the early 2000s. I was that kid in the basement with recording stuff, like a 10-track mm -hmm. digital recorder and a couple mics. And I had no idea what I was doing, you know, like panning stuff all up the center, no EQ, just blasting it as loud as I could. And back then, you know, that you would burn the CD and bands used to like to spray paint a stencil on the CD, which mm -hmm. was basically you could play the CD once and then never again because it's highly corrosive, not something you want to put on top of a CD. <laughs> but that was kind of our style back then. And uh, I just kind of, every once in a while kept poking my head into the recording game. And after making a record in 2011 and kind of, I was like, you know what, I'm going to learn with my own band. I was like, I'm going to sit over their shoulders and kind of absorb everything that's going on. And I'm like, I need this pro tools thing. And I started being computer recording guy. And that really took stuff to the next level. Cause I could send it to other people to mix. And yeah, so that was kind of my jam after the band was done. And did some really cool records. Uh, there's a band called Greet Death. They're on Death Wish Records. And their last two records were done with me. And they're just like one of my favorite local Michigan bands. And I was just like, I need to record you. You guys are so good. And they trusted me with everything. Their last record, they recorded all live uh, in a oh, room. Wow. Except for the vocals. Uh, and like a couple guitar overdubs, which is kind of my favorite way to record and uh, a band called hot mulligan their older stuff forest green lights over bridgeport uh I, I know you were kind of into the skate punk sort of stuff did you ever know of a band called much the same they were on nitro hmm. records uh the name sounds familiar but i don't think i i do know them now yeah we grew up playing with them and i recorded some of their demos in 2004 you know being the kid in the basement while they were on tour yeah and then a couple years ago they reformed and came to me to do their full length. So it was a total like, whoa, you know, just kind of a full circle life thing. Yeah. Um, a band called No Trigger came in last year. I think it was last year. You know, these times it's hard to <laughs> keep track of what's <laughs> going on. But uh, but yeah, the, the studio thing is slowing down a bit. Got the family, uh, little kids running around. And because I'm the one who doesn't have a boss... I'm usually the one carting them around everywhere and <laughs> making the sacrifices to do whatever. But, you know, I love it. It's it's great. And I started doing the pedal thing kind of as a hobby. And it really escalated. So we went from 
I learned how to build my first pedal kind of on like New Year's Eve 2019. And I was like, it'd be cool to get good enough to sell one of these to somebody one day. And then like the next week, someone was like, I want you to build me one of those. So I was like, okay, wow. for first pedal sold. That goal happened. And then I was like, it'd be cool to sell one pedal a month to somebody. And this could be my side thing. And then uh, COVID hit and bands weren't really coming in the studio. So I was like, I'll make an Instagram for this company. And it became my main source of income. It became my job. And 2021 did not slow down or disappoint either. So here we are. So now I here make effects pedals and uh, I barely <laughs> get to play guitar unless I'm testing them. So that's kind of my, uh, <laughs> my, my, my fun is like, all right, let's see if this pedal works. But also I'm going to jam on it for four minutes just because that's what right. I like to do. Of course. Yeah, it's a it's a weird thing, and I've I've actually discussed this with a lot of well, a lot of different gear manufacturers. Um, one thing that for all of the difficulties that come along with doing anything in the music industry, uh, and that includes building gear, uh, one of the things that seems to be nice about the gear world is it's not always as challenging to hire people. Right, because uh, people are excited, like, "Oh yeah, I want to, I want to work for this company." But I've also noticed that on the flip side of that coin, is that a lot of people apply for these jobs thinking jobs. I just wow, my mouth fell apart there. <laughs> jobs, uh, thinking that they're going to be playing guitar all day. Right, they're going to be like testing pedals all day long and doing R and D like that fun part. And uh, no, uh, it's manufacturing. <laughs> uh, you're gonna, <laughs> it's, you're gonna be soldering. You're gonna be drilling. You're gonna be making stuff uh, yeah. you're not going to be playing guitar hardly at all actually i um, was one of those people who kind of had the super soft hands my whole life you know never had a quote honest day's work in my life and I, you know and i honestly <laughs> never got a paycheck everything that i've done has been an odd job here or there or through music or touring to pay my rent and you know rent in flint michigan when i was living there wasn't necessarily very high or hard to make happen um but yeah, I was kind of just scraping by and then the studio thing, you know, started to do pretty well. But this is the first time I'm doing actually, you know, I'll say, it, you know, backbreaking kind of like life altering work where I'm just hunched over and huffing fumes and you know, it, it's hard work. It really is. It's uh it's long hours and it's fun. But yeah, it's kind of cool. You know, for the first time in my life, I'm like, am I am I a tradesman? <laughs> like, am I am I an electrician because I I soldered a wire to something? <laughs> so you know, it's a kind of all the old you know farmers in our family and people you know more blue collar people around. They're like, oh hey, so you're uh you're finally doing something real, huh? And I'm like, hey man, like <laughs> hey, easy, the, yeah, yeah. Well, I've I've gone the opposite direction. That's all I did was work with my hands in some form or fashion my whole life up until doing this and uh you know so i i've gone these last couple weeks um i've spent about four days total this month helping out jack at uh mr black pedals just because right, he's yeah. he's he's so busy he's just so slammed he's like can you come help me uh, just like drill enclosures uh <laughs> yeah and he's got a really nice setup to where it's like you know i don't know how to run a machine but he's like you don't worry you got it i'll sh i'll show you how to do it and i you know, run in there and, and do that. And he's like, wow, 
it's nice. I like you just you just kind of like know how to how a bolt works. I'm like, yeah, I was a mechanic. <laughs> it's like it's yeah, that's it, awesome. Like for he's, you me, know, he's, it's like he's had to I train never... people. You know, like don't over tighten that like the type of thing. And it's not it's not a criticism. It's just like if you've never done it before, you're not used to it. You know. Then and that was me. You know, like I mean, just two days ago, I snapped one of these. You know, the three PDT foot switches. Mm-hmm. I over tightened it on one of the pedals I was building, and I mean, the whole shaft just snapped off. And yeah. I shared the picture with some builders, and they're like, uh, "I've never broken one of those in half in my life. How'd you do that?" And I was like, <laughs> "Oh." They're like, "Did you like tighten it really hard?" I'm like, "Yeah." Like, I, I, I have no idea what I'm doing, and so yeah, like getting to troubleshoot and create something with my hands. It's it's this new part of my brain I've never really accessed, and it's rewarding. But also, I've always wanted to be involved in music gear. Um, mm-hmm. I had a really close relationship with Brian Ball at Ernie Ball since, like, I think 2003. And it was one of those, my band played on the Ernie Ball stage. He picked our song. And then I emailed back and forth. And then we started playing their guitars and strings. And of course, you know, I'm in love with gear. I'm in love with music. So I'm calling him and emailing him, like, every couple weeks like hey man i got an idea for a guitar he's like all right cool and you know he's only a few years older than i am and mm-hmm. he was just doing a and r at the time and i mean now dude, he's like the head honcho he's the president of ernie ball company mm-hmm. so i was always like i want to do a and r stuff but you know people weren't really doing remote work um me being in flint or saginaw michigan you know there's not a lot of companies uh who are doing a and r sort of stuff around there so yeah the pedal stuff i'm able to do a and r and demo videos and building and marketing and all the stuff that i love by myself and of course i Mm -hmm. hire a bunch of other people to do powder coating and screen printing circuit design yeah i'm definitely annoying in that respect because i'm just like blabbering a bunch of nonsense in these emails like i want it to be reddish <laughs> but silverish and sparkly and i need the holes moved down and they're like what are you talking about and then with the circuit i'm just like i want it to go like without the and they're just like okay dude you need to <laughs> go read a book on how electronics work but yeah i do pretty much everything by ear so mm-hmm. and i'm learning along the way and people are really helpful that's one thing about the pedal community is it seems like 99% of people in it want to help you and share their wealth of knowledge in some way. Yeah. Uh, which is really nice. Yeah. Yeah. With the, with pedals, it, I've learned so much about electronics uh, through these conversations and conversations I've had with other pedal makers. And I know probably more than, than your average guitar player about this stuff, but I've still yet to actually myself sit down and, build something i've like built things for other people i've done you know little things here and there and i even know about like generally how op amps work and like things like that to to a degree that most other guitar players probably don't but yeah i've still never sat there with a breadboard and tried to figure out anything myself i do what you do i'm like i kind of want it to go without the (laughs) and then the knob do this and then if but uh, taper don't make the taper weird i don't want it to go 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 full on you know like i still explain things in those terms um i don't know if that's ever something that goes away and it could be super helpful i think you know i've i've worked with some total circuit nerds who are very technical and they'll 
throw up a graph and show me the 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 curve of the EQ or something. And they're like, well, technically you're going to want to do this because you're going to have more range and it goes six dB up and then it comes down to like five. And I'm like, listen, I was in my studio and I played the thing that I made and I liked it and it was what I want Mm -hmm. and I need it to be that way. And they're just like, okay. And you know, we'll do like a couple different prototypes and like just because something works on paper or on a computer it's not necessarily going to sound better. Um, my Wonder Drive pedal is a train wreck. Like it, <laughs> I mean, it, it has an op amp. It's what creates the distortion. It's like any other distortion overdrive pedal. And then there's just, basically, I ripped stuff out of a circuit board to see if it would still work. And like at one point, I ripped out all the diodes. And I was like, all right, let's see what this does. And I cranked up the gain and I just went, oh, that is really the sound that I've been looking for. That's cool. And mm-hmm. then I got like a, a prototype board made, uh, Matt Mains at uh, X Adventure Audio. Mm-hmm. Uh, he designed it for me. And, you know, it just didn't work out like I thought it would. It had five knobs and a switch. And I was just kind of like, this is unfortunate because I was really excited about this. And I kind of tossed it off to the side. And then when a band came in to record with me, I think it was No Trigger, we were looking for more sounds for distortion and overdrive, just more layers. Mm Because honestly, just changing up a guitar and a pedal to add another layer, that's all you need sometimes. And I was like, how about, it's actually, yeah, I have the the pedal over here. And I'm afraid to plug it in because it probably won't work anymore because I've continued to just rip stuff out of it. But I kept the knobs all in one place except mm-hmm. for the volume and the gain. And then I think one of them, you know, they're, they're from Boston and they were like, oh, what do you, what do you got here? A one to drive? <laughs> and I was kind of like, oh man. So I, you know, I came back to Matt Mains and I'm like, I think we just need to fix these pots in this one spot because they don't help. And the volume and the gain are the real winners. And then I was trying to fix, like there's kind of a crackly decay that some drive pedals have. Mm-hmm. And to me, in my sensitive ear, I was like, this is a bad pedal because it has this crackly decay. It's driving me crazy. I don't know how to make a pedal. I'm a failure. So I'm like, we need to have a switch that goes to some diodes. We need to smooth this thing out. Right. Uh, it did not work. Um, but the diode arrangement on the switch, it's like silicon, 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 and then an LED all in a row, which is not normal. It's not on paper, not good. It's uh, it's something where they were like, you sure? You sure about that? And it did not smooth out the crackly decay at all, but it created this other voice that was very like mid-focused, rolls off some of the bass and some of the high. And I was mm-hmm. like, ooh, it's like a vintage thing. And kind of like the Klon, you know, the, the diodes don't really kick in until the gain's about halfway. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this, are these my mythical diodes? You know, are these, <laughs> so I was, I was kind of like, man, I'm going to market this as like the vintage or like the less setting. Cause up until that point, I didn't realize that most of pedal stuff is just marketing and calling something kind of what it sounds like to the builder. You know, some, some pedals will have like numbers of frequencies on them and it's like, okay, cool nerd. I get it. Might be helpful. But if I just call a pedal something weird, like sauce, 
<laughs> you know, because it's like, oh, that, <laughs> that makes it more saucy. I'm like, okay, I see where they get it now. So that was kind of a cool learning experience. You know, I created that pedal by accident and I loved it. And I did a bunch of stuff to it that was really unorthodox. And uh, yeah, and it's weird, but people seem to like it. So I'm going to keep making it. It's It's a strange thing because, you know, you can make technically wrong circuits, but if the the result is whatever you're trying to get it to sound like you're not trying to make the most electrically electronically correct thing that you can right, you know you're right. not looking for the cleanest signal path or so i mean sometimes you are but the real point is to get a sound that you're shooting for and i've told this story on the podcast a million times and i wish i could remember where i read it but i can't it was on some forum somewhere 7 years ago yeah but it was like this person brought in a death by audio pedal. I don't remember which one it was, but apparently they had or have a circuit where like it's essentially like everything's backwards from oh, how, it's, how it's supposed to be. I think like the op amp was backward. I can't remember which was ba- what was backwards. Something was actually physically oriented incorrectly to where it doesn't work correctly, correctly, quote unquote. Yeah. And sometimes it'll still pass signal, even though it's not the way it's supposed to be, but you'll get something. Yep. And the, the, the electronics instructor told him like, this is the dumbest design I've ever seen. Why would anybody (laughs) do it like this? And it's like, but it sounds good. So is it dumb? Like, uh, not if it sounds good. That's the whole point. Right. You know, If you can like if you can scream into a microphone and run it through a big muff and it's the sound you're looking for, then it's the right sound, even though that's technically not the thing you should do, you know. Yeah, exactly. And you know, with my Wonder Drive, I tried to do a few things to make it a little more I guess usable, normal, but but then the sound that I liked went away. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like and I love that pedal cranked all the way up. Like clean amp gain in volume all the way. And it's that 90s thick, almost fuzzy distortion that's just like, and I couldn't believe that I made that, you know? And mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, this is so cool. So at one point I was like, I'm done messing with that. Um, but uh, sorry, I just heard uh, my dog's name being yelled in an angry manner. So I was like, oh God, <laughs> is my dog down in the basement? Which would not be good. They're not good dogs. They're sweet, but... They eat stuff for Well, attention. they're hungry. You know? I get it. I eat things, too. Sometimes I'm chewing on things that I shouldn't be. I just get I get hungry sometimes. You know? Yeah, dude. I don't blame you one bit. Yeah. Uh, so, how... I'm just... Like, so... Let's see. You've got more than one pedal, though. That was the story of the Wonder Drive. Right, right. So, yeah. So, what about, what about the rest of the stuff here? So, I have another pedal called the Red Rider, which was actually the first thing I wanted to design. You know, I love... Uh, a Christmas story and I was like you know what Red Rider's a cool name for a pedal uh, mm-hmm. hopefully I don't get a cease and desist from uh, Daisy Air Rifles but um, <laughs> they might be okay with it uh, but yeah that was kind of what the Wonder Drive was supposed to be with all the knobs and it didn't work uh, the way I wanted it to it worked but you know it just it wasn't right so I wanted the Red Rider to kind of be my ideal like sure it's a dirt box but kind of my base preamp box Mm -hmm. um i love to have a little bit of dirt with a blend knob and you're able to kind of like mess around with the eq because like sans amps are really cool but there's something about them that i'm just like you know i don't really want to use it on a recording 
Um, I'd rather just grab, you know, just something else. And instead of running two amps, uh, one dirty, one clean, because I love to have that bass low end just come through naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, the Red Rider was basically that. And it just so happens that, that I kind of reverse engineered that. Um, so what ended up happening was I had the blend circuit. I had kind of a low end, low mids frequency knob. And then I was just like, well, that wonder drive sort of circuit didn't quite work out the way I wanted to. And then I realized my best selling pedal at that point, just kind of tinkering around was kind of a rat clone that I was making. And my rat sounded really, really good. And I was like, I don't know really why, but I'm going to replicate this formula and just put it into the Red Rider, whatever. Uh, and then I changed a bunch of values to kind of make it more, you know, I call it, I'll say amp-like. It doesn't mm-hmm. slam that. And I put the LM308 in it because that's what I did originally. And it sounded good to me. And I just did not feel like experimenting further. Um, I know people will say that that's not the, that's not the key to the sound, but still real to me. All right. Like, <laughs> I, let me believe in my stuff, my, my things. Um, but honestly, to me, the LM308, there is more of a, and I'm going to use some really technical terms here, but there's more of a, you know? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's yeah. So if you're playing kind of like open jangly stuff, like with a rat, which I love them for kind of a low gain thing. Uh, maybe not, but me, I'm kind of playing like punk rock stuff with this pedal. So not only did it work out really well as a kind of a bass preamp that you can blend your signal back into kind of a bi-amp sort of thing. It also just was great as an overall guitar distortion pedal. Mm-hmm. And it really excelled at kind of like the mid gain thing. Um, so I was really, really happy with that. Um, and then my, uh, I've had a couple things kind of come and go, um, but my best selling pedal happened very quickly uh, on Halloween, I released a pedal called Fuzzhausen. And Fuzzhausen is a signature model pedal for a pro wrestler named Danhausen, mm-hmm. who uh, I just found out does not play guitar. You just found out? Yes. Um, okay. But I'm, right. not, I'm not mad about it. But when he said he wanted an effects pedal, he said I wanted it to sound one setting very nice, one setting very evil. That's kind of his slogan very nice very evil okay Um, he used to be only very evil um but then he realized people just didn't really like that but (laughs) he decided be very nice first so he can kind of lure you in make you like him and then he could pretty much take over the world um he's he's very much like a mr burns conan o'brien mixed with a demon sort of character okay all right and he's and he's blowing up and I didn't realize how much he really was blowing up until my pre-sales, I did a hundred of these pedals. They sold out in like 40 minutes. And I was like, oh boy. So someone actually reached out to me and was like, you need to throw up a pre-order for batch two because Danhausen just posted about it now, basically after it sold out. So I was like, okay, batch two, here we go. And then within 12 hours, a hundred more sold out. Wow. And I was like, you know what? That's it. I I can't physically build any more than that. I'm one person. And there are many pedals. Uh, It's two foot switches and no knobs. So it's like a very gnarly in-your-face fuzz. And then you hit the other foot switch and it's a toggle. 
to the very evil setting and it just throws it into self-oscillation and there is okay. always feedback screaming at you, which is kind of nice. funny because I've had people email me be like, I think there's something wrong with my pedal. It won't stop feeding back. And I'm like, no, that's what it does. So it sounds really cool when you play through it. Um, mm -hmm. You get weird octaves. And if you don't have a buffer before the pedal, you can roll your volume and tone and switches up and down and change the pitch of the screaming, very evil sound. Um, <laughs> so it's a really just cool noisemaker. You know, people have always said when they play live, they just want something they can hit and just be weird with. Yeah. So got a great usable fuzz that cleans up really nice too. Like you bring down your volume knob on your guitar and it's super sweet, very simple circuit. There's There's more hardware on the circuit board, like jacks and switches and uh, like internal trim pots than there are actual components like <laughs> resistors and transistors and uh caps and things like that but yeah i was at disney with my family and i started realizing there was more and more emails piling up from people being like i missed the pre-sale how can i get one so i was like all right batch three pre-order mm -hmm. live now let's do it and that sold out really quickly and at that point i was like okay i gotta be done with this and i'm still building them now uh, all the parts kind of slowly came in. And the last thing I'm waiting on are the boxes, the cardboard mailers, because they're very mm -hmm. specific to the Fuzzhausen. Uh, they have his artwork. And if you order the pedal, I, I'm imagining you're more of a collector of things, wrestling and music. Uh, so I want you to have the box. You know, that's right. Some people, you know, they, they don't want it. They'll throw it away. But it's a little pedal. It's a little box. It's really cool. So... Today, tomorrow, and Sunday, I will be finally finishing up all those. And nice. I'm hoping to be able to ship them out on Monday. They might just show up for Christmas. Um, but so far, everybody's been really happy. Like, they're not too angry uh, in the emails, wondering where their pedal is. Uh, so I have to say thank you to people for being so patient. That's, that's, it's tough. Like, I feel awful. So I'm updating like every three days on Instagram here's how far I am. Here's why I don't have these parts in this supply chain thing caused this, uh, this guy got COVID. So he couldn't do the boards. This guy did, you know, so I'm, you know, I'm kind of trying to keep it, uh, keep people up to speed. So I'm not one of those companies that just kind of clams up and you get your stuff when you get your stuff. Yeah. That's always very annoying to see. Um, it's a, and it is, it is, uh, oddly, frequent in the music gear world and i don't understand why i feel like most of the time it's not most of the time i know there are exceptions to this it's not because there's any intentional dishonesty there it's that people get overwhelmed and they don't know how to deal with it oh yeah but i think that the and sometimes there is intentional dishonesty i'm not i'm not <laughs> gonna say that i haven't seen that as well right but right. Uh, but um it's a it's a bummer and it's always like you know all you have to do is tell people what's going on that's really all you have to do and yeah. most people are going to be like that's fine yeah i had a couple um, people reach out to me and they were a little bit upset that they hadn't gotten an email about the status and i was like hey my store doesn't give me the option to email like all outstanding orders at once like mm -hmm. i don't know how to do that so I've been just posting in the stories and I'm like, I understand not everybody's on Instagram. That's pretty much my only social media platform. Um, which by the way, that I'm, I'm really grateful for that. Uh, I used to have 
a personal Instagram, and I got rid of that recently. Got rid of Twitter a few years ago, got rid of Facebook a few years before that. And it's been really freeing. Like I'm someone who probably shouldn't be on social media. I I, mm-hmm. I can't handle it. Uh, I think a lot of people can or think they can, which are the ones you got to watch out for. But <laughs> yeah, just kind of being in my own little pedal world, um, it's pretty pretty comforting. But I also miss out on a lot of uh, current world events. <laughs> I don't really know what's going on. And uh I might see something on like a, a TikTok or something that someone sends me and I'm like, oh, what's this? And they're like, oh, you've been under a rock for a while, huh? But it, yeah, I want to be, I want to be nice, nice company guy. I, I fear uh, people feeling let down. Uh, mm-hmm. th- that is uh, like, if you don't like my pedal, that's fine. It happens. But if you're like really sad about waiting for it, that really hurts my heart. <laughs> so like, I don't <laughs> want that to happen. So I, I have to ask, since since he doesn't play guitar, most people who don't play guitar don't even know what pedals are. How right. did he even know to, that he wanted an effects pedal? Uh, my brother owns a coffee company called Rootless Coffee, and they're out mm-hmm. of Flint, Michigan. They you know roast all their own stuff. They have great comic artists that do the labels and the bags. And they do a lot of like collaborations. So they were like, haha, let's do one with Dan Housen. Let's figure out if he likes coffee. Because uh, he's a Detroit guy. Um, so we kind of know him through our circle of friends. And he was like, yeah, let's do it. Let's let's do a Dan Housen coffee. And I think I was the one to reach out to him. And my brother said, hey, thanks so much for reaching out to Dan Housen for us. Uh, his coffee is our number one bestseller. His fans are crazy. They are eating it up. And then he said, you should ask him if he wants a fuzz pedal. Ha ha. So I was like, all right. So I texted him. I'm like, hey, you want to do a fuzz pedal? We'll call it Fuzzhausen. Because he puts Hausen at the end of most words. And he was just like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> and I was like, wait, really? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, dude, I mean, I'll send you... Uh, what 10% of everything that I sell for using your likeness, but you you sure? And he's like, yeah, let's do it. And uh, it just happened really fast. I, I mm-hmm. had the circuit already that I really loved. Um, I used to have a bigger pedal called the Goon Fuzz. And it was, uh, this, this Fuzzhausen is one fifth the size, but mm-hmm. does the same thing, just doesn't have a knob. So it's kind of cool um, that I was able to shrink it into this tiny, tiny package. But yeah, and it ended up being real cool. And I'm I'm sort of kind of getting back into the wrestling world again uh, through him. Uh, there, mm-hmm. there was wrestlers in the past that got me really stoked. And I'd be like, all right, I'm going to pay attention again. Um, there's this guy, RJ City, who is just full of charisma. Just an Italian mother's boy who just complains all the time. <laughs> and I, he has a podcast that was like 10, 15 minute episodes of him just talking. And I was like, oh, I want to do that. So that's when I, I started my podcast called What a Wonderful World. Wonderful, you know, spelled my dumb way. And I was like, this is cool. Podcasts don't need to be long because I'm I have too much anxiety thinking about getting guests and making the time for it. Um. So I was like, I can talk about myself for like 15 minutes once a week and have some extra content. It was actually on your podcast, Blake, 
think it was with the the string joy dude. I don't remember uh, his name. Scott, yeah. another Scott. Scott, he doesn't know. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he was talking about ways to branch out. And listening to that, I was like, you're right. Like, I'm happy in my little Instagram world, but I can have another outlet. I can have another way for people to hear about my pedals. And I play guitar at the end, kind of like Mark Marin, you know, but I use my buds pedals and anything I want to, in the <laughs> in the wrestling world, we call it, you put them over. So mm-hmm. your buddies mm-hmm. that you want to, you know, give them a little shout out, you put them over. Um, so yeah, I was kind of like, that'll that'll be great. So yeah, thanks for that podcast episode and thanks for having me on. I didn't I didn't even say that yet. I just started talking <laughs> about myself instantly and here we are. That's what you're used to, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a the, the real nice thing about podcasting is it, it's it's the Achilles heel but it's also it's also a benefit. Um if you can get people to subscribe there is no real algorithm for most of the podcast players. I mean, Spotify is getting a little bit, a little bit algorithm ish with how they do it. Because like, even if you're not following a podcast, if you recently, it was one of the, like the last six things you listen to and they publish another episode, you'll get a little update. Oh, right. So it's, so it's a little starting to slide that way a little bit, but most of them, it's still just like, if you're subscribed, you'll know when there's a new episode. That's and cool. Yeah. There, like there's that. no, f- there's no filter. You know, it's the same reason I really like my, my text chat, like the day that Instagram and Facebook went down, everyone's like, "What are we gonna do?" Uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I was like, I literally messaged everybody. I was like, "Well, Instagram and Facebook are down, but at least I can still talk to you this way if you want." And everyone's Wasn't like, "Yeah, sad? this, is, this was, is great." It was sad how our lives just fell apart for like that. And I was like, "I don't even care. I'm fine. I don't. I don't this doesn't." I'm refreshing my phone every five minutes, just like maybe even every minute, just being like, well, it might be my internet. It might be my phone. I, I can't, I have no way to see, uh, which guy replied a fire emoji to my DM. Like, like it's just like, yeah, I was so, I was so sad that I was so addicted, even though I got rid of all the social media, I was still just like, oh, phone. <laughs> Where I, I'm gonna miss the dank memes. Like, Dude, I need you them. can't, you can't miss the dank memes. Like, ah, it's a oh, life runner. I know you gotta have memes. It is I the best know. thing about the internet is is the good memery. You know, it keeps me going. <laughs> memes are fuel. <laughs> Absolutely, is that the name of the episode? <laughs> yeah, memes are fuel. Memes yes. are fuel. I do love a good meme. Um, but no, in all seriousness, it was like. It, it used to freak me out a little bit because my a lot of my my whole job is based on social media and I've intentionally like tried to like through doing the text chat and like trying to grow the podcast specifically is because you know we as much as the algorithms can help you um they also when they don't turn in your favor or you're not catering to the what they're trying to push at that particular moment um it can be damaging if you're trying to build a company or a brand. So like what Scott was talking about, branching out becomes more and more important because you, you put all your eggs in one basket and then Zucks pulls the plug on the servers that day. Right. You know, your whole launch could get screwed up. Your whole whatever you're trying to push could get screwed up. So having multiple ways to, t- to talk to people that want to hear from you is really important. And I think a lot of people uh, can miss out on that. And uh developing those channels. I mean, like Scott said, you can't, he doesn't expect everybody to do everything and he doesn't even do everything a hundred percent, but 
always keeping an eye on it and doing what you can is is important. So I think you having that podcast is a good idea. All that to say. Yeah, it's a fun, it's a just a fun extra thing. Um, I mostly record it when I have 15 minutes at night when my kids are sleeping. Uh, today, both of my kids are at uh, daycare, and which is great because I, I think I told you before, but I've got some kind of bug right now. And mm-hmm. <laughs> you might be able to hear it on my audio, but my stomach now is just going like, just where's, going. where's food? You haven't given me food today. I'm like, yeah, because I don't want you to come back up. I don't want to <laughs> see you ever again unless it goes back down. That'd be awesome. But mm-hmm. yeah, I was like, I, I got a COVID test this morning and I, I don't know. I was just kind of shaking and aching and heartbreaking. I just needed another <laughs> rhyme. Uh, but I, yeah, I just kind of was like, oh man, uh, this is not good. I've had so many symptoms in the last five days. It was like sore throat. And then the next day, uh, runny nose then the next day bad cough and then yes last night it was like whole body feels like i was just hit by a bunch of baseball bats Mm -hmm. but yeah it's nice to know that i'm just getting old and falling apart and it's not a virus Uh, (laughs) all that to say (laughs) oh yeah that's really nice to know yeah Yeah. it's nice to know that those things (laughs) yeah i uh i'm getting old and falling apart too i i recently converted to a a standing desk which i probably should have done a long time ago i really like it i like it a lot but the thing that drove that was i had a really long podcast and uh it went really well and everything was fine and i walked in the house and i was like huh my back kind of hurts and then it was like what, what, what did I do? Well, I didn't do anything. I didn't even exercise that day. Or <laughs> yeah. like, I don't know. And then it was like, wow, my back really hurts. And it was like, I'm going to lay on the couch for a couple of days because I can't really move. Oh, so that's cool. And it was sad. like, what caused it? Uh, oh, you, you, oh, you, you hurt your back by sitting for two hours. You old idiot. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's so sad. Like you hear about, oh, I'm getting old. I'm falling apart. Dude, the second you hit 30, it just starts happening. Dude, I got so many things on my body, like surgically altered without going into detail. But one was so I can't have babies anymore. And then one was so I didn't have crazy tooth pain anymore. And then one was so I didn't have crazy butt pain anymore. Uh, Like I was just constantly recovering from something. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is awful. This is so stupid. I think this will be nice, though. You know, I think 2022 is going to be my year, you know, not getting stuff removed uh, for a little bit. (laughs) Uh, That'll (laughs) that's going to make it a way better year. But yeah, 2021 was the best year of my life, but also kind of uncomfortable. Yeah. Difficult. Yes. Yeah. I I wonder what I'm going to have to get removed. I haven't had anything removed yet. Well, other than my eyeball, but that wasn't voluntary. Um, so there's that. <laughs> oh, excellent. I <laughs> yeah. feel like I've heard that story before, but. Yeah, I think I, talk, I I've i mentioned it here or there, and then I, I definitely talked about it somewhere, either on this podcast or on Chasing Tone. I don't remember. But yeah, I lost my eyeball in 2011. Keep grinders out of your eye. It's a good idea. <sighs> oh, um, man, yeah. oh, man. <laughs> I mean, it's still there. It just doesn't work very well well hey you still look great and that's all that matters you know the biggest bummer about it other than it not working anymore is i had a sweet 
line, like a movie villain, like cut. Oh, you had the Sub Zero from Mortal Kombat Three Scar. I did, I did. <laughs> yeah, but and I was like, you know, I don't want to lose my eye. I literally said this to a guy. I was like, I don't want to lose my eye. I hope it heals up. Um, but if it doesn't, I hope this sweet cut like scars because that's awesome. <laughs> right. And and it didn't. So I didn't even get that. I lost the eye. I didn't get the scar. I'm like, you know, this just didn't work out at all. Yeah, that's a bum transaction, man. (laughs) Yeah, when you're a kid, if you're ever like on a video game where you create your own character or whatever, dude, you always put that scar. You're always like, oh, yeah, this means I've been through some stuff. Here we go. (laughs) It was like legit. I was looking at it like, this is going to be awesome like <laughs> it's gonna look so cool people will be so scared your poor wife uh, probably like please no just like i don't don't wish for these crazy uh <laughs> scars across your face oh on. i mean a lot of people have been like i'm surprised you don't wear an eye patch and i said well the thing that still works well is my peripheral like i've oh. got most of that i can still see my hand like going over here so i still have that yeah that's so right in front that's of good. me that i can't see you know that's so Oh, yeah. Well, at least you're more of like a, you're like a ninja assassin now. Like if someone comes up behind you, you could probably get it, but. Probably. Yeah. yeah. But if they're in front of me, they can just punch me right in the face. I will never see it coming. You just got to like figure out your whole strategy, but. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's a, it's a weird, it's a weird thing, but yeah, no scar. And I I have also said this before. My wife's like, that's good that your eye doesn't look weird. Like, that is good. But you know if it did, I'd be wearing an eye patch. 100%. Oh, yeah. Like, that's 100%. Like, if you can't have a scar, you you get an eye patch. Mm -hmm. But then it's like, well, you know, if people ever, if you ever reveal that, you know, you have two eyes just looking straight ahead, no scar, they're like, okay, like, do you really need to be a half-ass pirate right now? (laughs) That's the thing. Well, And if my peripherals didn't work, because, like, sometimes it is a little uncomfortable. Yeah. And it would be better if to just close it. Um, but if my peripherals didn't work, I probably still would rock the eye patch. Just so people didn't that people are routinely throwing things at me like I can catch from like a normal person. Oh and I no, can't. no. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, here, catch. Then, blah, I can't catch it. You know? Oh, I also work. can't drive at night anymore. I mean, I can, nope. but I complain about it the whole time. I'm like, these darn headlights are so bright and it's oh the it's shining off the rain and how do people meanwhile i used to do like 14 hour night drives uh <laughs> you know just with no caffeine and now it's like if i have to drive past sundown i'm so upset <laughs> so it's not your fault it's those darn head led high high beams they got yeah, nowadays they're, they're you know them bright. kids too bright man them kids in their blue headlights driving around what are they doing <laughs> right. you know these young whippersnappers are ruining everything. Zima and their hula hoops. Dan Fogelberg. <laughs> it's a basketball reference. Mm-hmm. I, I, I reference basketball probably once a day. And every once, once in a, a while. Day. Yeah, every once. A, there was one time we watched basketball, I think, eight times in a row. Like it wow. was like we had friends over and it was just on repeat. And it was probably a like, lot of basketball. like a year after it came out, you know, on VHS. And it was just like... Rewind, get it going again. So yeah, it's that that one's ingrained in my skull pretty hard. Nice. <laughs> nice. Uh so I see we're getting close to the end of the podcast. And what I like to do at this point is give you the opportunity to, you know, if you want to shout out your uncle or if you want to plug anything you want to plug, or if there's something you've been wanting to tell a few thousand people. Uh, now's your opportunity to to do just that. 
Oh, cool. Yeah. Thanks again for having me on. Uh, mm-hmm. Wonder Effects on Instagram or wondereffects.com. That's O N E D E R because I like to make things difficult. Uh, if you want to see what kind of pedals I'm making, um, or if you want to get a, a 15 minute podcast in every now and then, that's a new thing I'm doing. Uh, we got some cool, cool new pedals coming up in 2022. And I keep telling myself, you know, I'll be a real company next year. No, no, next year. Like it, we're, we're finally going to get it. But I think that's just par for the course. I think every year I'm going to act like I'm not real until I, you know, get the, you know, achieve my goals. And then I, I get some new goals set right after that. And I'm kind of back to square one, which I guess is good. That's a good way to grow. Um, but it's frustrating. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I'm really loving it. Loving the pedal community and builders and just people just talking to me. You know, I I spend a lot of time with my kids. I have a almost one-year-old and a four-year-old. So getting to talk to other, you know, semi-adults, you know, I don't really call us full adults. Like, Not me. Yeah, we're just saying, Mm -hmm. you know how it is. Um, I'm old, but I'm not an adult. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But yeah, it's kind of nice to make a new set of friends and but yeah that's about it um just making pedals i might make music again someday uh yeah i i just don't have any time but i do have a recording studio and a bunch of songs in my head so i think that's something another outlet that'll be good for my busy dad heart uh, yes yeah that's it's always good to do um if I keep just telling myself I don't have time, you know, I'll keep putting it off. But if I just get out an EP, I think I'll be able to kind of have a sigh of relief. Got to set a schedule. That's what I did. Yes. I said I kept saying, doing the same thing. I don't have time. I don't have time. I don't have time. And then la well, it would have been would have been December of 2020, I believe. I was like, I'm gonna have a record. I'm gonna have an EP at least, and it kind of turned into a full record. Nice. By February, whatever it was. I can't remember. I set a specific date, like February 7th or some random day. And I told the text chat that I was going to do that. And I was like, kind of public, like, I'm doing this. And once you do that, then you have to, because you don't want to let anybody down. Yes. And so I did it. And then it got really easy. Like it got, it came, it just kind of, I'm just like, it just fell out. There it is. Great. I think once you get started, it just comes. And I haven't really stopped. And so that's awesome. You got to rip the band aid off. That's my point. You got to rip the band aid off. And And having, you know, the text chat people holding you accountable. It's kind of like when my band would book studio time knowing we didn't have the record fully done. Mm -hmm. It was like, all right, in a month, got to. And of course, I didn't finish lyrics until the day before I had to sing, you know, things like that. Of course. But I think nowadays my vocal style is very much, I don't care about words and I don't care about hitting the right notes. I just like loud guitars and the vocals are kind of just there as like a, another instrument. So, <laughs> and also I don't want to sing high and loud anymore. I, I did some real damage to my voice, I think. Uh, just singing stuff that was too hard for me to sing uh, so many days in a row mm-hmm. and, you know, not caring about vocal warmups or anything like that. So... Yeah, maybe some new music. Who knows? Do it. 
Do it. Yeah, you got to take care of the voice. You know, now you're a podcaster. You got to have that thing, you know? Oh, you're right. I'm still trying to figure out the voice too. Like I kind of have this low, quiet thing going, but then every once in a while, I'm like, oh man, maybe I should back up a couple inches and kind of give it this kind of thing, like a little more radio-y, but I don't know. No, this just, you just feels do it. comfy. You just do it. You just let it come as it's supposed to come. This is, my podcast voice is, uh, it's slightly, it's not on purpose, but because I know that I'm recording into a microphone, I talk a little bit slower than oh, I probably yeah. do. Just because I want to make sure that I don't, but I still do that anyway. <laughs> right. um, whereas in real life, I might be like, yeah, what about, you know, and like shoot it out there. But I try to be a little more measured. So I think that can come off as like, I don't know, like I actually know what I'm doing. Um, yes. And I, I don't. I just, I just speak. I have I kind of dramatic things. pauses um, mm -hmm. when I'm recording my own podcast because I'll go in and kind of clean it up a little bit if there's weird mouth sounds and things like that. And I'll be like, why did I take a four second pause? In the moment, it felt very normal. But I was like, you know what? If I take four second pauses like once every minute, I could probably shrink this thing down by a couple minutes. <laughs> so yeah, I think I'm I'm figuring out the the cadence and the pace. Um, but yeah, it's it's it's, it's different when you're doing it solo. Like it takes me forever sometimes. Not all the time. Sometimes it just like goes really well. But to do the intros. Right. And to do the ads, sometimes I'm like, this took like 45 minutes to do a two minute <laughs> intro because I kept saying stupid things because ah. I don't write it down. I just speak. And then I listen back. I'm like, yeah, that's the one. Um, there you go. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> that's why you just got to hire your kid to do it. And then you're all good. <laughs> that's right. Except he's now he's telling me I don't pay him enough. So I don't understand what that's about. But ah, the kids these days, they're, the, this generation, they're so entitled, you know, so entitled. They just want to just want to get paid for nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's like you weren't even born in a real year. Like my kid was born in 2017. <laughs> like that's not you can't be born in 2017. Get out of here. That doesn't even make like, any sense. That's like not my, even My daughter was thing. born in 2021. That's this year. Like it's, you're not real. I, you don't, I don't exist know. yet. <laughs> yeah, it it still blows my mind, dude. It's oh, it's so crazy. Yeah. Well, oh another this is slightly of a a slight sidebar, but like in doing the solo podcast thing, I'm I'm not very good at it. I have to have somebody else to bounce off of, uh, especially if I'm going to go for an hour plus. It's just right, too hard. Yeah. It's too hard. But what I'm doing now, this next musical project is like, it's music, and then it's a written story, and there's narration, um, and they'll all come out. They'll come out together. This is the intention anyway. They'll come out together, like as a podcast so the album will come out similar to my last one but and it'll be a whole one piece episode oh cool but but the challenge the the challenge there is the narration because i'm trying to read it in a way that makes sense with the music and kind of follows the beat of the music but if you got rid of the music you could just listen to it as an audiobook and it would oh, make sense i like that yeah it's really it's it's presenting itself. I that, this was like my whole idea. I'm like, this is gonna be so fun. I'm gonna love it, and it is fun. Don't get me wrong, but that angle of trying to make it work both in all ways is proving to be really difficult. Oh um, yeah, because it's, it's not like rhythmic. It's not like it's like on beat, but it still has to work with the the backing track. 
you know? Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's proving to be a little bit weird, but I'm 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 powering through it. It's it's a fun project. It's a fun challenge. Talking so. over music is honestly way easier for me. Uh in yeah. my podcast, I mean I've only done two, but I kind of have this incidental music kind of going out of the intro music, and I'm like, hey, blah, 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 blah. And the music sort of trails off. And that's mm-hmm. where I feel the best. I'm like, Interesting. I'm, a, I'm a podcast guy. So maybe I'll just keep that going in the background when I'm recording and then delete it. Just so I'm like, oh, I got that, something. That might work. I'll just keep it on a loop. Mm-hmm. Do whatever feels good, you know? That's, yeah, that's how you can so make the best too. stuff. It's like, this is my life. Just getting text after text of like, we picking up the kids at 4.30, 4.30 good. Like, kids are fine. <laughs> I was like, yes. I, I think I'm finally getting my wife to go pick them up because I'm like, I'm podcasting. Um, <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. think you know how important this is. So, <laughs> And also, I'm sick. So I've got so many excuses today. This is like the best day ever, dude. So thanks again for <laughs> letting me on here. Is your wife going to listen to this? Are you going to be in trouble? Uh, I don't know. You'll be in trouble for something else. It's, it'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. We get along really well, but um, I'm going to start like complaining over the podcast little by little, mm-hmm. um, and then it'll just turn into a total firestorm. Oh, great. That's a and, good uh, plan. Yeah. yeah. I'm just going to be more <laughs> passive aggressive by the day and then <laughs> see where it gets me. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. I've, I've heard that works out well. Oh, for, yeah. For all relationships, really. <laughs> okay. Final questions. We'll wrap up this part and we'll slide over for the patrons. But, Sweet. Uh, first one. Here we go. What is your favorite boss pedal? I see some sneaking around back there. Oh, that's actually funny because I just, I literally just grabbed as many boss pedals as I could the other day to see which ones I had lying around. And that mm-hmm. is not intentional for this uh, podcast. Um, but I realized I have some oddball boss pedals i don't have like the staples so i'm like okay. i need to start getting some new ones um i'll have to say the oc2 is my mm. number one love the oc2 when i was a little kid learning how to play guitar um going to a music store kind of in the late 90s they would have those kind of boss stations where you can plug into everything and i think they have them now and they're a lot more like sophisticated at guitar center back in the day i think it was kind of more of like a handmade thing at this place called rainbow music in grand rapids michigan and i remember just getting into that oc2 and then throwing on a distortion and being like oh like i just love that it did something so different to my signal oh yeah and then of course i got into cky a little bit later and Mm -hmm. cky is one of those bands that is very underrated i think people hear cky and they go oh bam margera oh jackass gimmick whatever they have some riffs and some great production on those first few records and they're basically the only band that took an oc2 and said this is our sound when you hear these notes the burner like you're gonna know Mm -hmm. it's us Uh, (laughs) yeah and so yeah the oc2 is one of my favorites um i would say that's number one uh, my first pedal ever was a BF2 flanger. Oh, I love um, the BF2. Is that what I'm that pink boy I'm seeing back there? Is that a uh, BF2? Yep, that's the one. And mm-hmm. uh, that's not my f- original one that I had. I think I sold that in like 98, 99. Uh, I sold it. Yeah, right. I was like 11 
Um, my <laughs> Somebody dad, sold it. Uh, yeah. my, my dad is not a guitar player, but just loves talking about gear and all this kind of stuff. So he was always a big supporter, taking me to music stores and talking about stuff that he's heard about other musicians playing. And so when he was like, you should get a pedal. And I was like, yeah, okay, what should I get? And then I remember the flanger was like the one that just sounded the weirdest because mm-hmm. it was a bunch of dirt boxes. You know, I didn't really know what to do with those at the time. I was like, why would you take a pedal that sounds like the dirty channel of my practice amp? Like that makes no sense. Um, obviously, you know, times have changed, but, and uh, yeah, I just got a blues driver the other day. I've never owned a blues driver and I, I'm actually going to do a podcast episode about that at some point. When we were in Japan, they didn't have a Marshall half stack for me. They only had one for our other guitar player because the lady told me that it was a JCM and then the other amp for me was a JC. And I was like, okay, maybe she meant JCM. Nope, it was a jazz chorus, a roll jazz oh, chorus for a punk yeah. rock band. And there was cool a cool amp, but but yeah, that's not right. what I'm looking for. It. And yeah. I, you know, and I'm this is like 2006, and I'm like, I don't know how I'm supposed to get this to happen. And a Japanese band on the bill was like, here, use this pedal. And I was like, a blues driver with a jazz chorus for a (laughs) punk band. And I was so like, what the heck? This is going to ruin my whole show. And it was one of the best sounds I ever got (laughs) in our band. I was like, okay, you know, names can be a little deceiving. Um, You know, especially considering, you know, Roland and Boss uh, being Japanese companies, you know, I mean, like a jazz master, you know, not necessarily for jazz. Blues Driver does so much cool stuff. Jazz chorus. I mean, it definitely does chorus, but you know, you don't need to play jazz through that thing. No one does. I don't think it nah. plays. Um, no. So yeah, you that was uh, the Kira another one That's of my, what you do. Oh, sorry, say that again. So you just play the Kira cut through it because it's got oh, that yeah, chorus. Yeah. That's what it's mm. made for. It's like it's like one of those player pianos. I think it just comes pre-installed with uh, Friday. I'm in love. <laughs> that reminds me. There's a place, and I haven't been there yet. This is because I'm always thinking about food. There's a place in Portland called Fried Egg. I'm in love, and I have not oh, been there yet. That's an but incredible I'm, name. <laughs> but I'm going. I'm going to. I knew you'd appreciate it. That's why I brought it up. Oh, I'm all about it, man. Yeah. All right. Since we're we've we've officially segued into food, I think we can close this episode out with the most important question. And I know you've been preparing for this, so I'm very curious to see what your answer is. What is your favorite kind of pizza? This is such a tricky one. Um, I've been a vegan for almost 20 years. Mm-hmm. And when I get a good pizza, no matter what kind it is, I am so happy and so lucky because it's it's rare. You know, it's like right. it's like a total treat. Um and a lot of like the vegan cheeses back in the day, especially, were very hit or miss, not incredible. But I was like, hey, it's close enough. This is cool. Um, but I think my number one kind of pizza is, and I've, I've, I know you know about this kind. I've heard some people on your show mention it, but that Detroit style, mm-hmm. the square sort of deep dish. If, if a pizza is square and one inch thick, that is just like, that's my spot. Um, and there's places around here, Jets Pizza, Hungry Howie's, you know, just kind of chains. 
Uh, I live in a really small town. There's like 3,000 people. There's one stoplight uh, that's like a blinking red light, you know? <laughs> so it's kind of, it's, it's, it's a treat to get like some real, real good pizza. But, well, and there goes my stomach going, oh, you're talking about food? Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, honestly, put anything you want on it. Uh, if someone's like, hey, we're getting a veggie pizza, we'll do it with no cheese for you. I'll get whatever they want. Um, mm-hmm. One of my combinations that's kind of my go-to at home is green olive, mushroom, and pineapple. What? It's, I don't know why, but I just haven't changed it. Um, the green olives thing, I feel like might be a big Michigan thing. Um, I love on, green olives. Uh, on burgers, pizza. Um, also, we do a lot of, I don't really do this because of the dairy, but uh, dipping pizza in ranch is really big out here. Yeah, I know. Yeah, a lot of, yeah. lot of ranch people. Like people will order mm-hmm. like seven cans of, you know, little cups of ranch with their pizza. Um, but I think honestly, if I had, like if, if I was going to make my ideal pizza, it would be that Detroit style pizza with some really good, vegan cheese and i'm really in the mood for like a barbecue vegan chicken with mm. like some red onions i just i'm, I'm really into uh, salty and sweet lately um like buffalo chicken pizzas i'm way into um but yeah you know i, I wish i had a more of an exciting answer but like when i'm in new york it, if i can get a new york slice Mm. I'm I'm super mm. happy. When I'm in Chicago, if I get a nice big deep dish Chicago style pizza, I'm happy. Uh pizza for me is kind of an experience. Um Yeah. Where wherever you go, you know, try the thing that they offer. Um But yeah, um uh, other than that, I'm not not too picky. I I, I too don't picky. have any uh you know, fighting words over pizza because I'm just <laughs> lucky to get it when I can. <laughs> you You just appreciate it when it's when it's there yeah like you know on tour and stuff you know sometimes they would just bring a pizza by and they were like we didn't know what to get you so it was like literally just sauce on bread and i Mm -hmm. was like okay so basically (laughs) breadsticks like yeah um so yeah i've kind of i've kind of seen it all um but yeah that's also i'm a big calzone guy Calzones are fun. Because a lot They're of times fun. I'll eat a pizza by myself. If it's me and my brother, he eats pretty much the same way I do. He's not a strict vegan, but he's lactose intolerant. Um, if I'm with him, uh, we'll just split a pizza or something like that. And I'm like, I'll just have whatever you're having. But yeah, if I'm like the one guy doing the cheeseless, boring thing, I'm like, all right, give me a give me a calzone or a stromboli. Because mm-hmm. people won't judge me if they can't see the inside. <laughs> it's kind of like a secret shameful pizza. That's a good name for the episode. Secret shameful. Secret pizza. shameful. Secret, <laughs> secret shameful pizza. I like that. That might be it. That might be it. <laughs> That's good stuff. Yeah. The uh, I, I, you know I don't probably talk about it enough, but a good calzone is a lot of fun. A stromboli is a lot of fun. They're they're what I I also shove. Uh, Chicago deep dish into this category of pizza cousins. And that's somewhat controversial for me to do that. No, I, I but, agree. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's Chicago style pizza. And you're like, okay, 
pizza in quotes. This it's is good. A, th- yeah, this is a giant cake made of pizza <laughs> ingredients. <laughs> like, it's great, it, but yeah, it's a it's it's, it's like, a it's a thing. It's a whole thing. We have a pizza. It's in a, it's, there's a pizza um, sauce that uh, a friend a friend of mine's wife makes, and then my wife got the uh, the recipe. Actually, now that I think about it, it's actually a Guy Fieri recipe. Ooh. Um, and it's essentially. It's it's a little more complicated than this, but essentially it's just like if you took a pizza with a lot of sauce and just scraped it off into a bowl and threw the crust in the garbage. Whoa. Ooh, that actually and sounds then you, nice. And then you just dip it with corn chips. Oh it's, man. It's not pizza, but it's a pizza cousin. It's I a think, pizza related you're, item. You're bringing my appetite back. Like I was kind of like anti-food all day because I've been feeling sick, but now you're talking about like this pizza scooping cousin and i'm just like i need to make this happen this is great Pizza scooping cousin could also be the name of the episode <laughs> i think two. that's the official guy fieri recipe pizza scooping cousin <laughs> my pizza scooping cut my pizza scooping cousin over here you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everybody has that guy everybody has yeah. that pizza scooping cousin in their family yeah that's me i think most of the time <laughs> <laughs> well dude thank you so much for coming on this was a lot of fun uh i Appreciate you taking the time and I'm looking forward to seeing what other kind of weirdness we can get into here in a minute. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Thanks again so much. I appreciate it. Yeah, dude. All right, everybody. For Nick, this is Blake. And as always, folks, good luck and good tones. There you have it. 2021. It's over. It's done. That's the last podcast of 2021. I mean, I'm going to be back next week, but if you can't wait that long, you can slide over to patreon.com slash tonemob, where for five bucks a month, you will get extra bonus content, including a big long conversation with my dude, Nick. We talked for a long time after this. We have recorded it for the supporters of this show. If you can do that, I super appreciate you. If not, no sweat. I get it. And if you could do one thing for me, I know I ask for this every week, but you, you may not have done it yet. And if you haven't, please share this with somebody. Plop it on your social medias, text the episode to your friend, whatever it may be. That's, that's the challenge. Your favorite episode, your favorite episode of this podcast, grab the link, send it to your friend. Say, listen to this. I think you're going to like it. I would appreciate that so much. It is massively helpful. I really, really, really would. Okay, that's probably enough. Let's close out the year. Let's close out this podcast. Stay tuned for 2022. There is there is some stuff in the works, let me tell you. Especially, honestly, uh, or very early in the year, there's something pretty rad coming. Pretty rad. I'm really excited about it. And uh, I think everybody's going to hear about it. So check it out on... Well, I mean, you can't check it out yet. But stay tuned to the Tone Mob socials, the text chat, the email newsletter, this podcast, of course. And uh, not going to let the cat too much out of the bag, but stay tuned to the Big Ear Pedals feed. Check out their Instagram, check out their website, their newsletter, of course. Big Ear Pedals. My people, Grant and Karen. We, we've got something big time coming. It's going to be weird. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be tasty. So look for that very early in 2022. 
All right. That's enough plugging for this week. Talk to you next time. Bye-bye. One last thing before we totally sign off here. I just want to remind you that if you do any shopping at Stringjoy, that's Stringjoy Guitar Strings made in Nashville, that will help me out as well. As I've said for years, I'm heavily involved in that company, and I really do think they're making the best products on the market. So if you would like to try custom strings, go to ToneMob.com Stringjoy and check them out today. I seriously, seriously, seriously love what the team down there is doing. I help them out with all kinds of things, and by you supporting them, you are also supporting me as well. And hey, you need some strings, so why not get some custom strings just for your guitar and playing style? Again, the link for that is ToneMob.com Stringjoy, and that will take you right to their website, and you can do all your shopping through there, and that will help everyone involved out. So thank you very much. Talk to you next time. We are brought to you by the wonderful folks at Gun Street Wiring Shop. Yes, Gun Street Wiring Shop. I've talked about them before. I used to say based out of Bend, Oregon, but guess what? Sean moved to my neck of the woods. Sean's in Portland. Sean is awesome and has helped me with a bunch of stuff lately. And if you have wiring needs for your guitar, he can help you too. If you want to get weird with it, he can get weird. If you just need to spruce things up a little bit, there's your guy. He takes all the guesswork out of doing your guitar wiring, and he makes it simple, and his customer service is top-notch, and I can't say enough good things about Gunstreet as a company. I really respect Sean and what he's all about, and the product is top-notch. I've got three different guitars that now have Gunstreet harnesses in them, and I could not be happier. So go to GunstreetWiringShop.com and check them out.